Hello and welcome to Rocket, Accelerated <laughs> Geek Conversation. Today we'll start out with a light reading, Invaded by the iWatch. <laughs> Christy Ackerland loved her privacy. She lived alone in her apartment where she never passed up an opportunity to wake up to a silent home, put on some coffee, then do whatever the hell she wanted to do. But as she arranged the jars of colored fluids on her shelves, mementos from the unusual partners she had been with over the years, she couldn't help but feel lonely. She touched the jar of opaque red fluid from one of the blocks she was taken by, then touched her own red hair. She touched the jar of silvery fluid from when Clippy conquered her, then touched her own gray eyes. When could she be with a when could she be one with a lover again? She flipped through Tinder on her Apple iPhone. A bearded guy wearing a suit? Swipe left. A giant sentient IKEA chair? Swipe left. Some chick named Cortana? Swipe. Hmm. Nah. Swipe left. An advertisement popped up on her screen. Lonely? Idro now delivers ice cream and sex toys. I really need to get out of the house, she muttered to herself. This has been an excerpt from Invaded by the iWatch. Wow. I could just, I could go, I could do the whole episode. I don't even. Okay, now first of all, I'm going to say this sounds terrible. This sounds like the worst fanfic ever. But Simone, you really need to go into reading erotica because that was hot. Yeah. Yeah, that was really hot. That was very hot. <laughs> Thank you. No, this I'm, is my I'm, party trick. Yeah, you, you, yeah your voice yeah. was hot. The, the the content, no. But, right. but wow, your voice! Like if you were reading something genuinely hot, like that was good. You yeah, liked it a bit. Yeah, you were yeah. a little into it. I was into your voice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like well, you should that, totally like. That's every. You should you. read that story and put it on Audible and destroy your career forever. That's what you should do. <laughs> and your name is perfect too because Samantha Rushmore. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. Like, you don't like think you I should get a like fake it, name it, for that? <laughs> can we? Can we? Can we give our listeners a little context? So, what everyone is talking about today on Twitter is this book. Like every all the the you know everybody over here on Relay got Apple Watches today, except Christina and I because life is unfair. So um, <laughs> unfair, you know, very unfair. Um, and so this this guy who wrote another erotic novel called Conquered by Clippy. <laughs> From Microsoft Word, like wrote this um, erotic story about the iWatch, not the Apple Watch, the iWatch, and um, apparently uh, this woman gets it and it meets all of her deepest desires. Yeah. So, so, so is is she the same character from the other book? Oh yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like. It yeah. seems like this is a series. Can I can I read you guys the the last Please. two paragraphs? No, of go this? for it. Go all right, go for it. All right. iWatch. That didn't sound quite like the right name for it, but she rolled with it. Okay, iWatch, listen, I'm bored. If you're such a smart watch, how about you guide me somewhere fun? The watch vibrated on her wrist, sending a tingling sensation up her arm and down her spine. She giggled. (laughs) It vibrated again, and this time she noticed that her arm was twitching to the left along with the watch. End page one. (laughs) I feel so, so guilty. That, I think wow. that gives you a little preview of how the yeah, watch is yeah, going to go. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Watch no. erotica. Mine gets here on Friday, so I guess it's going to be... A, 
You know, they've, um, everybody, there were some people in the relay chat today that were posting and God, okay, I'm, we're going to try to keep this show G rated. So you might want to skip mm-hmm. like a minute mm-hmm. ahead. Um, if you have children in the car, but Mike like, is gonna there's, kick your butt. Um, so right. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, so like if you open up the Apple, um, watch box, like the, the cardboard cutouts for the box, like where the wrist straps are, they really look like a like from picking up one side of the oh of the watch straps, so yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that that's Everything the kind the of said is true. stellar content that we can expect yes. from the relay chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You should join. It's a big party. You should. You should join. I'm the going relay to. Slack. I meant to it's send an email stuff. and then I totally forgot. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm Simone de Rochefort <laughs> and I'm here with Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space. Don't Cat, don't associate my professional Whoa! name with this nonsense. I don't. I'm not here today. My name is. Uh, what's the name of that woman from the thing? Let's <laughs> just call me Christy that Ackerland. That's right. My name is Christy okay. Ackerland. I'm here with Christy here. Ackerland, head right. of development at yep. I Watch Erotica. <laughs> And Christina Warren, uh, senior tech correspondent at Mashable. How are you guys doing? Good. I mean, you know, not as good as Christy Ackerland in that story, clearly. But None of us ever will be as good as she is, and that haunts me. That haunts me. I'm haunted by the by the the liquid. Anyway, we can't talk about this. Anymore. Yeah, no, we can't. I'm sorry that I Christina didn't know what I was gonna do. I don't think, and I I, I sprung that on you. So I hope you enjoyed. I did actually. I mean, yeah, it, it was it yeah. was something. All right. Can well, we can we start you know, calling get back Christina Clippy? Is her nickname? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we'll call you that today, just so your name is not associated with. Oh the my show. God, Clippy yeah. and Christy. Clippy and Christy. <sighs> there we go. All right. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen all of your skills, whether it's business technology, video editing, uh, creative skills. Uh, you can get a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash rocket, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash rocket. Um, and I got, again, in my email this week, a list of the courses that were just added to lynda.com and Two of them caught my eye. Um, one is the Premiere Pro training um, in professional trimming. And, oh, God, these these Premiere lessons, it, it gives me life. Like, this is exactly what I need to further my skills as a video editor. I put out a video last week that I was really proud of. But I ran into technical problems, of course, as you do every time you, do, you kind of challenge yourself to do something creative. And lynda.com has the resources to deal with that. And there's also one of uh, motion graphics for video editors working with storyboards, which is if, um, yeah, yeah, that's totally necessary. <laughs> no, I have to ask you, Simone, like, surely yeah. covering video games, you've always, like, you have to have thought about making your own video game. Like, what yes. would you want to learn if you wanted to make your own game? Gosh, honestly, I think the ideal thing for me would be some either a really simple scripting language or some kind of lesson in branching narrative and how to kind of rein in branching narrative so that it's manageable but still variable mm-hmm. and um that 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 is my answer yeah yeah 
I yeah, don't know. And I, I, I have to admit, I don't know much about the Twine tools to let you do that. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, Linda has things for Playmaker. You could definitely use that. I um, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm, yeah. I'm always for people. If you want, if you fantasize about making a video game, there's no way to learn better than just get out there and do it. Don't, like, mm-hmm. sign up for a class. You know, don't go back to school and get a $40,000 degree. You know, just this mm-hmm. week, Steam was talking about, um, you know, they're letting people um, basically make money for making mods. And there are a lot of people to get into the game industry by, like, sitting down and deciding to mod a game. So, you know, maybe if mm-hmm. you want to do that, like, pick something like texturing or a Maya pipeline or a programming pipeline or a scripting pipeline or a ZBrush pipeline. And, like, go get Linda and figure out how to do it. And then go make some yeah. money on Steam. yeah that would be an excellent and this would be an excellent way to get started because you can watch videos from experts who are passionate about teaching who work with the the tools that they are teaching you how to use there are thousands of videos each one has a transcript so you can find exactly what you want you can read along listen along etc and you can set up playlists so you can work your way through Everything you need to know about whatever thing you've selected. Actually, one of, the, one of the other ones in this email is how to get up and running with LinkedIn, which is my my curse. Ugh, managing a LinkedIn page is just the most hmm, delightful, fun experience. So if I could learn a better way to do that, that would be awesome. Uh, and you can watch lynda.com videos on your Android or iOS devices. You can also download them, which to me is really useful because sometimes, like, it, on my long flight to Korea, I downloaded a bunch of anime but i could have also downloaded lynda.com courses and learned as i was sitting in my frog suit on an airplane so yeah <laughs> wait, um, wait wait frog suit on an airplane oh my god you guys you haven't heard about my frog suit no no, no. <laughs> i have a, a fleece onesie that is a frog it has a hood with a frog head on it. oh my god no literally on my flight back from Korea, I was wearing this. I was wearing this because it's warm and I, I wanted to be comfy. And the National Horrible. Korean cheerleading team was on the plane you're, with me. And as adorable. I got off the plane, thank you. Thank you. I am adorable. adorable. So I got you off the plane adorable. and their manager was walking next to me and he looks down at me and he goes, You're a frog. And I just went, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I sure am really attractive, tall Korean cheerleading manager. I sure am wearing a fleece frog suit right in front of you. And then I went through I went through the the like metal scanner at the San Francisco airport and I had like the frog suit down with the sleeves tied around my waist and I went through and they're like, mm, "Can you go back through and put the sleeves on? Button it up." And I was like, "Okay." So I go back and I button up my frog suit and the customs lady goes, "Is she Yoshi?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might kind of. I'm a frog. So we, yeah. Speaking of that, we need to get you the left shark. Please do. Oh my I've God. been waiting. Yeah. It's yeah. been months since since the Super Bowl, where, and no one has bought my, me. Where is my like? I Where's your patterns? No, that. no, but it, no, it's now being sold on Katy Perry's website. <gasps> this is what I'm saying. You They're lie. Not you selling. lie. You lie. You lie. No, I, I'm not oh lying. My God. I'm not lying. Relay FM, get us that sponsor today. Oh my Katie, god. Rocket sponsored by Katy Perry. Yeah. Actually, Rocket sponsored by Lynda.com. Oh. Uh and you if you visit lynda.com slash rocket, uh you can sign up for a ten, free ten day trial. So thank you so much, Linda, for supporting our podcast. So the our first story today is about Project Fi, which is Google Google is becoming a mobile carrier. And kind basically of. kind of, kind of, because they're piggybacking on the T Mobile and the Sprint Networks. They're becoming an MVNO. Is, oh, okay. Is, is, what does is, that is, stand for? An MVNO stands for um uh 
I'll Google it. <laughs> no, I just had it. No, it's, it's okay. a multi-something um, network operator. Um, <laughs> no, they're becoming they're mobile becoming an, virtual it, network operator. Thank, thank you, thank you. They're becoming NVIDIA and NVNO, which is a mobile virtual network operator. Hmm. All right. Okay. And this mobile virtual network is so far only going to be available on the Nexus 6, including yes. existing Nexus 6s. And they're doing basically their their whole goal is to give you the strongest wireless signal, depending on where you are, by using whatever network is strongest, be that Wi-Fi, be that T-Mobile, be that Sprint. So, gosh, uh, this is <laughs> Google is becoming omnipotent. They're they're continuing their drive towards yeah. complete omnipotence, and yeah. I think it's really yeah. interesting. So, uh, you look at this story. I, I think there's a lot to take in here. Um, you know, this isn't kind of the first time Google has um, you know, kind of moved over in the ISP space. Like they very famously did Google Fiber a few years ago. It seemed mm-hmm. like that that got a lot of buzz at the beginning, and then kind of um, it hasn't really made headlines for a while. But um, I think um, you know, reading about the details here, as as fascinated as I am by this, it um, yeah, I have to admit, it seems like this isn't really the most um, cost effective plan. I've ever seen like it seems for cool. them or for the users for the user um, you know they mm-hmm. pretty much uh, forgive me if I'm not remembering the details right but it's $20 up front for unlimited talk and text but then you yeah, get right? charged um, $10 uh, per gigabyte and right. um, that sounds like a terrible deal to me um, well it yeah. is and it's not because it's 10 a gigabyte which is actually not bad but then the thing is is that say you pay for five gigabytes of data right so you pay 50 bucks uh but you only use three gigabytes what they'll they will do is they will give you a 20 dollar credit moving forward on your next month's bill for that money that you, for, for that for that um data you didn't use okay mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe normal people just use less data than I do. I think I have the thirty gig plan between my husband and I. Like, which one do you have? Yeah, I have unlimited data from T-Mobile, um, but it's throttled, and it, right? It does get throttled, yeah, and it yeah. gets throttled every month reliably. <laughs> 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 Trying to figure out how much I have. Nah, I don't need to know this right now. Yeah, um, yeah, and I have like, like a fifteen gigabyte plan, but that's like one hundred and thirty dollars a month. Yeah, hmm. and I for pay that 60. data. So <laughs> I think mine is 200. So but my husband like will not he cannot recognize the difference between a Wi-Fi network and LTE. So he will like stream <laughs> baseball right. games. And I've had so many fights. My with husband him about does it. that, too. Yeah. Same. And, and I had so many fights with him about it. I'm like, look. I can spend more a month and stop having this fight with my husband, which is why I do it. So, yeah. So, The Verge posted basically a map of AT&T's coverage versus – or AT&T's LTE coverage versus T-Mobile's LTE coverage, kind of comparing – how um, Google Fi w- or Project Fi would hold up to AT&T, which is one of the stronger networks, like mm-hmm. T-Mobile and Sprint are not as good. And no, it was really, not. it was really interesting. Like from with AT&T, basically from North Dakota to Texas down, and then all the way east, it's totally, totally covered. Whereas with um, with T-Mobile, it's eh, it's all right. And then there's just this huge swath of blank space in Montana. So yep. I don't, I mean. Teaming up with Sprint, I, I did not get a chance to see how those maps would compare. They're worse. 
Sprint is worse. Sprint is worse when it comes to LTE, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and T-Mobile keeps expanding them. They talk a big, they talk a lot, big talk about, you know, how they're getting better. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you're in, you're in Seattle, Simone, which is, you know, the home of, of T-Mobile. So you get good coverage there. New York, mm-hmm. it's okay. New York, it's okay. Atlanta, it's pretty good. There are a few markets where they actually have roaming agreements with AT&T mm-hmm. that happened as a result of the AT&T T-Mobile merger not happening. So in certain markets, like Atlanta being one of them, you actually get really good LTE nice. because you're backboning off of the the AT and T network, um, but um, you know yeah they're they're working with the smaller networks and also the two that do MVNOs. You know, um, Sprint is famous for doing MVNOs and, and T Mobile has a couple as well. Um, but then the big thing is is that they're saying you know you also have a Wi Fi an open kind of Wi Fi network that they're building up mm-hmm. and. The number of open Wi-Fi spots and how they're getting those, that's not really clear. I have a feeling they're probably going to be partnering with some of the larger cable companies that have kind of these open hotspot mesh Mm -hmm. networks that have cropped up. It's not really clear. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I mean, as you said, Brie, they're they're tiptoeing into this. You know, Google Fiber – is not nationwide, but every city that it goes into, people clamor for it. And what's actually more interesting is that every time they announce they're going into a city, um, companies that – have historically not offered fiber or not offered really fast speeds. <laughs> All of a sudden, they offer fiber oh, in wow. those cities Surprise. as yeah. soon as Google is announced. I mean, Atlanta is a perfect example, and so is Tennessee, where two markets where Google Fiber has just been announced. And all of a sudden, you know, Cox and uh, AT and T <laughs> and Verizon are like, "Oh, hey, by the way, guys, you can totally get you know um, 100 uh, you know gigabit per second you know um, fiber from us now." It's like. It literally takes Google coming in for some of wow. these companies to be forced into doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that this will have that same impact, but um, it's, uh, it's I guess, the first step of Google trying to become our overlords for everything. Me personally, <laughs> I, you could not pay me to make Google my MVNO and, and my, 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 my um, mobile operator. There's no way in hell. Why do you say that? Well, for one, you'd have to have a Nexus 6. <laughs> well, A, that. B, um, they know too much about me already. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't like the idea of Google mm-hmm. also being my ISP. Like, I fundamentally like that just as I don't like to. I'm not trying to be paranoid. I'm not trying to be no, it's one of those people. Utterly reasonable. Utterly reasonable. But, but frankly, yeah. even though they're sending stuff encrypted and whatnot, like, I'm kind of not okay with, like, Google already knows almost every website I visit. But there are some that, especially depending on what browser I'm using and other things I'm doing, they don't have complete control over all of my data. Yeah. This would just be, at least for me personally, like, one step too far. You yeah. know what I immediately thought of when I was reading this? You know the ads in Minority Report? Where yes. it recognizes you, it would absolutely be able to do that. Like not completely, not immediately, but like in the future, if advertisers wanted to do that, one hundred percent. Good morning, Mister Find Wong. your phone. How are you enjoying those white T-shirts from the Gap? <laughs> yeah. I don't need. I don't need Google knowing that you know the the books about I watch erotica that I buy. I don't. I, I don't need say, them knowing about. Frankly, that, so, that's yeah. my own business, right. and I would never ever publicly um, announce that <laughs> on any kind of podcast right. or other no, media. No, that stays in my Obviously. home. That stays in my home. I guess. So, um, no, I think that's. I think that's legit. Um, I. I don't know. I feel like. Um, yeah, I first came into the Google problem is you know frankly more as an Apple fangirl and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read like a lot of books about you know Larry Page and Google culture and things like that, and I, I still definitely have those privacy um, concerns about them. But I think in the case of an ISP, I don't think like you know I use Verizon. I don't think they have a stellar reputation on this particular subject. <laughs> oh, totally, so, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, I you know what I think 
it is. Uh-huh. It's that they they know more about me and they're far more competent than Verizon yeah. without yeah. to use that information against me. <laughs> That's, I think, the problem. They're far more competent yeah. to actually yeah. use yeah. that information against me. Yeah. I mean, Verizon, you're right. I mean, like, I use them as my, my wireless carrier. And, uh, you know, they've been, like, tracking all of my stuff. Like, I had to recently just sign in to get out of those super cookie things, yeah. you know, to, to, to stop that crap. Um but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it, I'm i probably being overly paranoid, but there's at a certain point where I'm like, you know what, Google, you know too much yeah. already. Yeah. No more. Well, it's just like the – because you'd have to log in with your Gmail, is my understanding, on your Nexus, yep. be connected to the Google carrier network. Like, it, it would just be so omnipotent. And I'm actually really curious. I mean, because – Apple has great, I think, great synergy between their products. Like, they like to, to figure out ways that you can use them simultaneously. Like, the the iWatch or – oh, my God. I literally said iWatch. Kill me. Kill me. The Apple it's Watch okay. and Tim your Cook phone. Made, Tim Cook made that mistake once, too. So, it's okay. Oh. Well, I'm basically Tim Cook. You uh, basically it, are. I need to stop reading this erotica. It's rotting my brain. The <laughs> Apple Watch and the iPhone work together. And – Apple does that really well, but Google is taking like the synergy of its products to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And I'm Apple isn't in the carrier market, but like how no. do, how do you think they're going to feel about this kind of? I think they're brand competitors in that they both have really strong brands and promote like using products within that brand. And I I'm interested to know what you guys think about how they'll feel about this. I, I think very consistently Apple's had a poor track record on services. Like this is a very famous critique of the yeah. company, like MobileMe is a great example. iCloud mm. to this day has some real problems with it. Look at photos. I had a bunch of people I was talking this week, um, like Relay FM hosts that had their databases corrupted. Um, oh, you gosh. know, so um, I, I think it comes down to core competency. I think Apple is good at design and, you know, really making cutting edge hardware. Um, yeah. I think Google is clearly better at services. Like, man, they've done, like, I read a book. I forget which one it was. Uh, I think it was in the Plex. It was talking about, like, the, the innovation that they brought to data centers. And yes. it's it's stuff that they they do just better than anyone else, like figuring out when parts are going to fail, like buying tons of cheap, crappy servers and just expecting them to blow out and throwing in the parts, wow. or like making one side of a data center being like 115 degrees and then one side of it being 90 to save on cooling costs, which are <laughs> a huge part of the, the power consumption of a data center. And I just, um, I think that, um, I don't think it's something Apple could do well. So I, I don't think mm. they should compete in that market. Christina, do yeah. you agree with I completely agree. I also think that Apple is smart enough not to get into this market because, yeah. I mean, look, they are an MVNO. They are not their own carrier. So they're having to lease this from other people. They're having to kind of rely on these mesh networks of other mm-hmm. stuff. They're ha- they're kind of being like a Republic wireless in this case. And that's fine for a niche thing. They've got to have their own SIM. They've got to have their own kind of tied in things. And then there are very real data costs and, and very real kind of you know, caps on how much money you can make in regulations. Whereas, I mean, honestly, Apple doesn't need to be its own carrier. Why? Because every single carrier out there, they're the only company that basically they will bow to whatever whim Apple wants. I mean, you just look at like, you look at updates for phones, right? Every other manufacturer has to go through this song and dance where they have to get the carrier to accept the update and then push it out over their network. You know, Google with their Nexus devices can kind of issue them sans the carrier. But even then, sometimes for certain things, there have been cases where the carrier is like, no, we won't let you have this. A famous case being with the uh, one of the, the Galaxy Nexus not getting 
Google Wallet because Verizon wasn't part of the consortium to allow Google Wallet at that time. Wow. Um, meanwhile, you know, every Apple product, no matter what carrier it's at, gets an update the same day. And Apple yeah. just is able to get away with that because they're Apple. And carriers fought and begged and pleaded to get on the iPhone. You know, app, mm-hmm. they wanted to go with Verizon first. And Verizon was like, no. And so they went singular. And after the success, which then became AT&T, and after the success of the iPhone, every carrier literally bent over backwards to bow to their whims. So at this yep. point, Apple doesn't need to be a carrier yep. because they already have complete control over everything. They can set their own terms. They set their own terms in terms of the branding. For instance, they are the only company who you will never see a carrier logo on their device. They don't have any preloaded stuff. (laughs) There is no interference whatsoever. And that's just part of the game. Whereas with Google, that's not the case. And they're having to play this small MVNO game, um, which is interesting and, and could potentially become something bigger. But I think that you're right, Brie, you know, Google does excel at services and they do excel so much at kind of infrastructure stuff. But where they don't excel is oftentimes, I think, in completing the package and completing the circuit, Mm. where they have these great services, but they don't always have the full product together. And so what I mean is, there's, they're offering this in private beta now, you know, invite-only sort of thing. We don't know if this is ever going to become really productized. We don't know if this is ever going to be anything you can really mainstream get. And mm-hmm. we don't know how committed they are to it. Whereas if Apple were to do something, it would be a real product and would be a real service. And maybe yeah. even if, if MobileMe and iCloud and all that is not as good as Google Drive and other services, um, it is a complete product. and It is, it is something that is not doesn't have the in-beta kind of logo. Yeah. You know, Google... Yeah experiment so much that I feel like a lot of times they don't bother to, to, to finish doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they can afford yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. No, I, I think that's really well said. And we should keep the show going along, but I'll, I'll say this really quickly. I think, um, I have to say from my experience, I remember when the iPhone first came out and, you know, AT&T was really, really hampered for the first few years of the iPhone. And they, yes. you know, we, we found out in some of the trials that came forward that, you know, AT&T said, we fear that with unlimited data, the iPhone is going to break your network. And it did. Yep, and, you it know, did. Uh, it took a long time for us to get simple things like texting pictures and things. But I think um, yep. I'm just speaking for myself now that I've, I've had Verizon, I've had AT&T. And, you know, for me, I feel like generally speaking, the service is up to a point where I don't find myself constantly frustrated by it. I cannot say the same about, um, you know, my home internet with uh, you know, mm-hmm. Fios. So I think that, um, you know, like, it's weird because so many people think because I'm a well-known feminist that I'm not a capitalist. I'm the most cold-blooded capitalist you're ever going to meet. <laughs> I run a studio, you know. And I think, like, Christina, you were talking about some of the advantages when Google enters these markets and there's this market pressure for them to, like, finally come forward and innovate more. And I think that speaks more mm-hmm. to the duopoly state of a lot of, you know, ISPs. Yes. But, um, you know, I think any kind of competition in this market is a good thing. And I, I welcome them and I hope they can shake it up and you know, put pressure to improve these services. Mm-hmm. Especially if it increases Google Fiber. That'd be really interesting. <laughs> what? Cool. What? All right. Yeah. This episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Squarespace, Woo! the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own website, portfolio, or online store. There's a new version of Squarespace. It's Squarespace 7. And you can get a free trial and 10% off if you visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code ROCKET. At checkout, they kept it nice and simple for us with the code word, just rock it. Nice, easy, simple, 
just like Squarespace. Uh, so when it comes to, when, it, when you're creating your online space, uh, Squarespace makes it super easy. They take away all the worries about hosting and scaling and just all the difficulties of making a website. You just want to get the website done. You want to get it out there, publish it and have something that is, that looks good and that people can use without getting confused. And Squarespace makes that really easy with their template designs. And whether you're just creating like a splash page for yourself or whether you're creating an online store, they make that super, super simple. Um, there are millions of sites that run on Squarespace and the new updates, they added 15 new templates with Squarespace 7, uh, which actually some of them like apply to certain professions. Like they were designed, they worked with uh, musicians, artists, et cetera, et cetera, to develop these templates that can be specific to certain professions. So if you're, you know, putting yourself out there as a chef, for example, I think they do, they make it really easy to like make a website that shows off how awesome of a chef you are. You know, for all the chefs yep, listening to I this podcast, awesome I'm an, no, you know, my roommate's an awesome no, chef. No, I should get him. No, you know what I love about Squarespace? Yeah, go for is it. how good all of their templates look. Oh I mean, they, God, they yeah. seriously, they all are, are so beautiful mm-hmm. and, and you can really customize them for anything. But like you said, with Squarespace 7, they have templates set up for certain professions or certain types of use cases. You don't have to use them for those use cases, but um, they really have given a lot of thought to how they look. And what I love too is that they look really good both on mobile and um, on that tablet. so freaking important. There's nothing worse than trying to access a website and finding out that the mobile version is completely broken. Like that is number one priority for me, honestly. And like, because I, I, I bought Simone de Rochefort.com, as you know, from a previous podcast, but there's nothing on it yet. And so I'm really, really seriously going to go in and just throw up a cover page. They have a cover page feature yep. and you can, I, I just want, you know, people to be able to find me to see what I'm about and then follow those links to what I'm doing. And Squarespace makes it really easy to do that. What I've decided I'm going to do with Filmgirl.nyc, <gasps> I've, I've had some, I, I, I'm still not sure exactly what I'm going to do with it, but I've had some good suggestions from the audience. Keep sending them in to me via Twitter. What, what should I do with Filmgirl.nyc? But I've just now decided I'm going to build it on Squarespace. And uh, that'll be, um, I think, kind of a good way to play around with the, the stuff with, with the Squarespace 7, but also, um, a, you know, just keeping it real. So You should always keep it real, especially if you have a .nyc. URL. You know what we should do? You know what we should do? So for isometric, God, this is almost immoral, guys. <laughs> this is almost like, this is unconscionable. The, um, so what we I know with, what you did. You know Go what on. I did. Yeah. Um, so with, when Squarespace sponsored isometric, they gave me a free website. And so I made fandas.biz, which is the stupidest <laughs> It's the stupidest sight on earth. And then I got Georgia Dow to draw a hand turkey, meaning like she just got on, on a napkin and drew like all around her hand and put two dots in it and said, hi, I'm a turkey. And then we sold digital copies of her hand turkey on <laughs> fandas.biz, which was very easy to set up. And we made an ungodly, uh, illegal, immoral amount of money from oh, our fans. No. Oh, no. We should totally do that. And, you know, but only with good stuff this time like okay we should, we should have yeah. like a rocket coffee mug because or... we're good people not like georgia dow no, not like those yeah over uh, on uh, isometric god, <laughs> god. god who do they uh, think they are yeah. Yeah. i mean who does yeah. she think she is all therapists yeah. and smart and Canadian and beautiful with her soothing awesome voice and... and always lovely to talk to god i, I georgia tell you dow. like georgia dow is like the mirror mirror universe of me like she's always <laughs> nice <laughs> 
<laughs> so oh, yeah, let's draw a picture of Georgia and sell it on. We should do that. Oh my god! Let's all do our artist renditions of Georgia. Are, are you guys good artists? Absolutely not. Really? No, terrible. Which which let's means it'll be even better. Let's take a Linda tutorial. <laughs> oh my do god, that. that's exactly. We what should we can take do. the Linda tutorial. I mean, I can already draw, but um, you know, oh yeah, I can't draw. But I'm, but I can't yeah. draw. I mean, I can use the pen tool in Photoshop. That's about all I okay, can do. Okay. Okay. You should do, uh, Christine. I'm going to give you some dumb assignment this week, uh, and we're going to okay. put it up on our Squarespace site. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Give me something to do listeners. too. I'll do. I'll yeah. do anything. Okay, so yeah, and Squarespace also has live uh, 24-7 support uh, chat. So that's super, super useful for maintaining your website. And again, if you start your free trial, uh, no credit card required, use the code name ROCKET at checkout. And thank you so much, Squarespace, for supporting our show. Love them. Yay. All right, so uh, we also wanted to talk about premium services and Bree, this was kind of something you brought to the table um and i wrote down a note about how angry i am about how espn isn't available without right. paying ridiculous amounts of money but it's okay so premium services uh like crunchyroll like we were talking about last week and you've been sure. using hbo go yeah or it's hbo, HBO, now. Now. HBO, HBO now. now that is so confusing by the way because both of them show up why on did Apple they do this TV. yeah why? <laughs> it's so Be- because right. hbo go is if you have the cable subscription hbo now is if you don't but it's right. basically the same thing with a slightly different interface that yeah. is the same content. a marketing yeah. mistake that someone made because the two names are way too similar well there are a lot of um i forget which one's on apple tv but a bunch of them um kind of uh do use uh the now branding on it i think it's abc yes. now showtime now is that it so, yes uh yeah. Uh, yeah abc abc now i mean uh, um espn all the disney ones have a certain, yeah. th- have yeah. a certain yeah. thing yeah. yeah so i don't know i guess i want to have a, a conversation about just you know premium digital content you know delivered with these services i've mm-hmm. not had cable since 2004 <laughs> and um you know like i've i've been just very happy not to have it and you know one thing um i i just want to say from the start like i was very skeptical about hbn now having enough value to justify the cost um and it does i i think it's something like we're going yep. to choose to commit to that and netflix nice. and that's going to be our cable channels but i just want to have a, a bigger conversation here with you guys that um you know christina you watch a lot more tv than i do how how much do you pay for your cable every every month? Well, we do cable and internet together, and so we also have not only do we have the the cable package, but we have like HBO, and we have Cinemax, and, and Showtime, and then we also pay for like some sort of movie package. I don't even know. We pay good lord. It's over, it's over two hundred dollars for cable and internet, and then and then this is where Christina is an idiot. <laughs> I pay for Hulu. I pay for Netflix. Wow. I pay for um, Sundance's Docu Club. That's a new one. I used to pay for Aereo when that was a thing. Um, I at one point paid for even the Redbox thing when that was a thing. And I um, – there's probably some other service in there. So I pay conglomerately like every month for, for digital services. Oh, and Amazon, of course. You know, um, I, I amortize that in there. I mean, I'm probably paying – you know, $250, $260 a month wow. for, for content. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. Easy. Well, I think um, most people aren't going to be doing that. But um, I guess I want, no. to have a, I want to have a conversation here about, like, the value through which of these you pick, how you get to choose to have which ones, mm, the so overlap hard. of it. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, yep. I would all of us here use Amazon Prime, right? 
Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. There's a lot of digital content on there. I've been really surprised. Yes. Like 24 moved over to that. I mean, how yep. do, uh, what is the future we're moving towards? Like with these, with these service codes, because it's clearly at a point where you don't need it for, um, like I was worried about sports, but MLB.TV is so good. And my husband is the mm-hmm. Tea Party version, the Yankees fan. That, do like, you it's, pay for that? We do. Um, okay, I think it's yeah. like $100 a year, but um, it's it's just amazing. Like it's yeah. the best $100 yeah. a year I spend. Um, so I don't know. Like how how do you guys pick which channels you watch? Like, do you think just that it's really a good quickly, value? Yeah, go for it. Go I, for it. I, tried, I tried just a couple weeks ago. I mean, it might have been last week actually to – to cut the cord with um, Comcast and mm-hmm. have no cable. And I called them up. And they gave you a great th- deal, right? Of course they did. Of course they did. Yeah. They, they gave me HBO for a year and they reduced it by like 10 bucks. And I was like, okay. I literally never use my TV. I watch shows on the internet. I watch them on Crunchyroll. I watch them on Netflix, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I don't even, HBO is going to go to waste because I don't watch Game of Thrones anymore. And it's just very, it, it seems like such a, a desperate move on their part. And I'm going to have to call them up in a year, of course, and <laughs> Sorry, tell them, it's hey. it's not working out. We got to break up. And, and, they'll, yeah. and they'll give you another yeah. deal again. See, they keep yeah. doing that with us, too. They keep giving us, like, faster internet and giving us, you know, some sort of um, services. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it's funny because even though I don't cut the cord, I watch most of my stuff on mm-hmm. streaming devices, um, and I can do that because I have the cable authenticated login. So I can use the Watch ABC yes. app to watch live ABC. I can Comcast use the watch. on demand. Exactly. For me. I can use. Yeah. I can use. Um, Optimum has a, a login thing where I can actually watch live TV on my iPad, and it's exactly like um, an, an, a, it's like a cable box. So I can literally, nice. like, I can watch one thing on my like any channel that I subscribe to in my house. I can watch live TV on it on my iPad or my phone or my laptop, and my husband can watch it on tv in the same room um he can watch you know the regular television and um so we can watch two things at once or if i'm at work and i want to watch espn or adult swim or abc or espn or cnn or um amc or lifetime or or you know insert whatever cable network here i can usually just log in with my cable id and then either access the on-demand or, or the live content. So for me, it, it, it is worth it paying for cable because if I were to add up all the services separately, The Verge actually has a really good I was um, just using builder. That. Yeah, they have a really good builder showing you what networks you want. And um, the only way you can get ESPN, for instance, without a cable subscription is through Sling TV, which works pretty well most of the time, although they have major issues streaming things during mm-hmm. um, high um, – um, impact events like during Mad Men and um, Game of Thrones. If you subscribe to their HBO thing, which is in a, which is different from HBO Now or HBO Go, <laughs> which is Good. confusing, um, they uh, on Sunday nights. You know, if you're watching a, a big game or, or watching Game of Thrones or watching Mad Men, for instance, a lot of times their um, service is, is quite degraded. At least according to my friend Ray, mm-hmm. who sits next to me, who bitches mm-hmm. about how Mad Men looks every week um, on <laughs> TV. But, um, you know, uh, the only reason Sling can get ESPN is because there was a settlement offer between Tish, Dish and ESPN uh, over their whole um, Hopper lawsuit. And the only part of that settlement was that they could get ESPN to offer they, – they could offer ESPN as kind of an a la carte thing in their $20 a month package. But um, that's kind of getting into the woods. But you're right, Bree. I mean, it's hard to kind of figure out, like, what you're going to pay for and what's worth mm-hmm. it. But for me, it's worth paying because I – 
have the cable login for all the stuff I want, even though even if I'm not watching it on a TV set. So would but you I, say that's I, the most valuable of all the the things that you just based on how much you use it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I that, mean, that's Christine, why it's worth you, me you professionally cable. like your Twitter handle is Film Girl, and you exactly. just spoke <laughs> I'm a different person. You, you just yep. spoke it. Um, you know, like cinema, cinema, cinema con, right? Yep. And I mean, you professionally are known for having expertise on the subject. It's the same reason I spend way too much money on video games because it's professional literacy. So I think, you know, I'm telling you like, not that you need my permission, but that is a move that makes sense to you. But I I, I could say for me, um, I I guess it's like, I find myself that right now I'm buying HBO Go, uh, HBO Now rather. See how confusing that is? Um, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Amazon Prime, which is hard to really quantify since so much of that is, you know, shipping. And then we shipping. pay for ML, yeah. MLB.TV, which is $100 a year. And then, you know, like with shows that come out, like, say, Mad Men, um, you know, like that is like, a, I forget how much we paid. But when these really big events come around, you know, we do buy those and watch them as they come out. How about Better Call Saul? That's another example of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I feel like we're moving into this. It's probably a better deal for the actual people that are are making the shows. Like, I have to imagine in this future we're moving towards where it's subscribed to different channels, they're going to have more of the revenue and this middleman is going to be cut. um, Or Uh, do you disagree? No, there's just going to be another middleman. I mean, Hmm. all that's going to happen is that because there's still the networks are still there's still a middleman collecting the money from the services and the showrunners aren't going to get any extra money. The networks are just getting money in a different way. Instead of getting a carriage fee from the cable provider, they're getting you know, a, a portion of the, um, the the subscription revenue per channel. Um, I mean, this is basically just kind of keeping them from, from kind of going under and keeping people subscribed. What I've been predicting will happen for years, and we're already starting to see it with Sling TV and with, with, with um, uh, PlayStation View and with some of these other services, is that what we would see happen is we would have these kind of one-off subscription services, you know, for different networks. And then eventually what they'll do is they'll say, oh, but you can get a bundle of all these channels together for this amount of money and you can save money by getting these three things together or Mm -hmm. these four things together. And that's going to happen. That's We're seeing that with Sling. We're going to see with other things. And then that's basically just a cable bundle um, under a different name. (laughs) And that's exactly what a cable bundle is. The the reality is, is the bundling works because – if you only watch very certain things and you're willing to buy specific shows, you can definitely save money. But for a lot of people, if you were to have to buy every show you watched regularly on cable as a separate service and pay for that service separately, you're actually not going to save anything because the dirty little secret is that things like ESPN subsidize lesser watched channels. Those carriage mm-hmm. fees do. Of course. So, so if you can get the bundles together, people can save money, and, and we'll see that. What I do think is probably going to happen, and I think this is already starting to happen, is that people are starting to choose um, less by network and more by show. Mm-hmm. And that would be interesting to see if there was some way you could subscribe just to a certain television show that was separate from the network. And I think the networks will do everything they can uh, to prevent that from happening. Yeah, but that's the sort of situation where that's kind of becoming the differentiators that people want to watch Game of Thrones, they want to watch Mad Men. Um, So then you have to find a way to get those networks. Um, But then you have the problem of discoverability. I mean, how many great shows have you discovered just by flipping through Netflix? Precisely. How about HBO Go? I mean, now HBO. It would hugely minimize the audience. I think if (laughs) if we're just subscribing to one show that we found, we know we're committing to. Right. Yeah. But, But speaking of discoverability, I mean, this is also. Also, I think a problem that we're going to only increasingly have as we kind of move away from the channel paradigm and more towards the app paradigm, because one of the great things about 
um, having regular cable is that, or, or network TV in general, is is flipping channels and being able to just randomly run across something at a certain time of day that maybe you wouldn't have watched otherwise, but you feel like, oh, there's nothing else on and this is causing me no effort. I can literally just press play versus <laughs> Netflix where sometimes, yeah, I discover things on Netflix, but sometimes it's so overwhelming that there's so much stuff there that I just end up going and rewatching something I've seen before because yeah. it feels too the, – the, it's the whole, you know um, – the fallacy of choice or whatever, like you, you feel paralyzed by uh, the paradox of choice, rather. You, you feel paralyzed by all the different options you have. So it's just easier to go with what you know. Music has dealt with that for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, Spotify's big problem is that there's almost so much music out there that people don't even know where to start when it comes to discovering new stuff. Can I say something about that? Like Beats yes. is so good. Beats is so <laughs> yes, good. It is. I've used yes, Beats it is. for a long time. I love Beats. It is the best. I don't even know how much it is. Like ten dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And it solves that exact problem. Yeah. Yes, it does. It solves that problem. Oh, it's great. In Rogers, who was Beats Music uh, CEO and now runs, um, he's an SVP of iTunes. That was one of his big things when they when he started kind of uh, you know when uh, they bought Mog and then turned it into Beats Music. That was one of his big things was to was to really solve that discoverability thing. But it's still a but it's a problem the video has been having, and I've been writing and speaking about that for years. But I think that. One of the things that we have consistently overlooked, and this is something that if Apple does get into the, the, the TV kind of game and tries to become kind of a conglomerated, um, an MVDO rather than, than an MVNO, <laughs> if they try to become, uh, you know, kind of one of these, you know, services that is offering a bunch of different a la carte options at once, it's going to be the discoverability thing because there is nothing like literally, you know, the ease of turning on the TV and going to a channel and just watching, that's still easier than using streaming services where you then have to pick something. And if I think about historically growing up, how I've discovered more content than anything else, it would be flipping through channels, even then going through things like Netflix, because there have been many times, especially, you know, in my youth, um, when uh, the independent film channel or IFC now and Sundance used to actually play mostly independent films, Mm. um, you know, (laughs) where I would like, (laughs) it was was more than a decade ago, but I would like come across a documentary or come across another movie and be like, oh, this is interesting. HBO on Saturday afternoons, you know, they'd air something that you hadn't seen before and you kind of learn more about it. When we have the ability to watch whatever we want, that can sometimes be so overwhelming that even though Netflix, I think, does a good job and and Amazon is is getting better, we're going to have to get to that point where they can really highlight and help people discover new content. Um, Yeah, curate. I I definitely don't disagree. I think that that's definitely something that's happening. I also think it depends on how much TV you watch. Because, like, for me personally, I have a huge backlog of shows recommended to me by friends, like, put on a list by me that I they're they're on my list so when I go to sit down and watch tv I'm not overwhelmed by the choice because I have already made those choices I just need to find out how to watch them and find out the best way to access them so that's kind of the problem that I'm tackling with the the various services that I use but, but I you, definitely agree which ones do you use Simone it's it's Crunchyroll, From, which it's you crunch- have to like right <laughs> right <laughs> I'm being punished by God yeah. for me honestly right now just because of the things that I'm watching it's Crunchyroll and Netflix yeah and then um because that, that's where Orange is the New Black is etc and yeah. then um Comcast On Demand is where I was watching Orphan Black huh. and I 
actually the new season of that has started and I need to yep. figure out where I'm going to watch it because that's going to be a big deal for me in the yeah. next couple months. Really? You don't so just honestly, buy it on Apple TV? That's what I do. Well, no, but she like subscribes to cable. She oh. subscribes to cable. So, I mean, you should be able to find a way to yeah. get it someplace. Um, yeah. Also, uh, you mentioned earlier, I want to circle back to this real quick. Yeah, you said now it. that you're no longer watching Game of Thrones, why are you no longer watching Game of Thrones? And do we need to have an intervention? <laughs> It's just, it's okay. For one, it's so sad. For two, I've already read all the books, so I kind of know what's happening. For but three, they've changed things. I know, but I don't care. Peer and it's so pressure. long. I have to sit down, and I'm I'm like three seasons behind. How am I gonna How am I gonna marathon Game H- of Thrones? Because you have ga- because you have HBO Go, and you can do it, Simone. This is you true. Can do it now. You I have HBO Go Comcast. I was going to say, Comcast gave you a gift of HBO. <laughs> so, damn it. They gave I'm you a gift. I'm wasting Comcast's of it. generosity. You, uh, you kind of are, Simone. I, I spit in Comcast's face. I laugh in the face of Comcast. <laughs> I have to say, I'm trying to, I've only seen one episode of Game of Thrones. It is intimidating as what hell. What is wrong to catch with you? That. I'm catching up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit. No, I'm, I'm just saying to both of you, I'm just, I'm the only Why is it so good? Podcast. Why does it help I'm, so I'm sorry. Me? I've Why read the books, Christina. This? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair Why enough. Should, I have not read I, the books. Why should I watch this? Because I don't know, it's just it's good. It is good. It is good. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm not saying that the books are better than the show. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that for someone who is already who already knows what's going to happen, it's sometimes very hard to sit through things where people are dying and you know what's going to happen and you just see it coming, and you're you're very sad all the time. So can I tell you guys how awesome it was to read like Jay, uh, yeah, the, the George uh, R. R. Martin writing about me in his blog last yes! week? Yes, yes, so awesome! Yes! Oh my he god, is, I love him. He's like evil Santa Claus. He's I well. I don't know. I thought that was really awesome. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, I, I think we should we should move on. We're trying to have a really tightly paced show. Today, guys. <laughs> We're trying We're really busy. We are. We're really trying. We're um, both really busy. We right. could spend an hour explaining all, all the ways really in which scheduling this podcast failed. I oh sorry. It was all a team fail. It was awesome. Um, no, I was going to synchronized say, like, fail. I think that um, one of the reasons, and you know, Christina, I'd love your input on this, but one of the reasons. I, I I looked at HBO now and said this is worth another you know ten thirteen however much it is a month cost for me is I think that their choice of <laughs> movies is very different than Netflix. Netflix. It's Netflix, better quality. They get first it run is. and then they have better, better studio quality. stuff. Like yes, um, it is. Yeah, they that is very it. true. They have the last X Men um, movie, yep. which I thought was excellent. They have the Wolverine, which I thought was criminally underrated um like hbo documentaries are great and what i find netflix really uh, excels at they do surprisingly to me um you know along with their original content like um say house of cards which is excellent but they do sometimes like pony up the money and get hunger games ridiculously quickly yeah. which i think is well, awesome no, they, oh, actually yeah. no, they, oh, they actually really? don't pony up the money no they actually don't pony up the money how does that no, work here's what happens yeah so they have a deal with Epics okay. um, and Stars, and so Stars. I thought that the expired. Money. I thought that expired. Uh, no, the the, the 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 some of the Stars deal did expire, but then the Epics deal is what they they got in this place. So sorry, they don't oh. get Stars; they get oh. Epics. Okay. So Epics pays for all those Stars ends up getting this stuff too. This is why oh. you also see the Hunger Games stuff on Epics and Stars kind of share content. This is why you also see. Um, 
a lot of that same content on H on um, Amazon Prime. Hmm. So, for instance, you'll see Hunger Games on Amazon Prime at the same time you see it on um, Netflix because they're both getting epics content, oh. and so that's what's that's what's actually fueling yeah, that deal really is the fact that that, that epics is uh, because they're not nation they're not on every uh, every carrier or every car- or sorry every cable company. Um, they have a, a a VOD deal very similar to the Stars deal that Netflix right. had. See, this um, is why we have to have things. you on the show, Christina. Yep. Like, facts like that just <laughs> I out promise nowhere. we'll catch up on right. Game of Thrones if it yeah, means yeah, that you'll yeah. stay with us right. on the show. Yeah. yeah well, absolutely. I would never leave you guys oh. ever. Committed. Yeah, but, but I finish, love you too, guys. I love you guys. Win it to win it. We love you too. Uh, but, but to finish up my point, like, I think that um, yeah, it's the quality of that in the documentaries. But I think, I think Netflix, uh, they excel in finding these smaller, cheaper shows. Like, I would say mm. um, Continuum is a really good example of this. And Continuum is exactly like um, Breaking Bad in the Ooh. sense that it's a show that um, you know, wasn't really big like it's not something everyone's talking about but you watch it and it's excellent and it's wildly addicting and it's just a really really well done show um season three of continuum is some of the finest science fiction i've ever seen on television oh, look that up so but i think it's just a different um tactic and like i, I don't know i think like the scientology documentary um they have going citizen clear four. Oh, it's so good yep. it's so, so unbelievably good. Good. So good like citizen four is good and it's just i don't know i feel like in between Oscar these winning. two yeah yeah i i feel like it's enough content and then you know yes. like I, yeah. I i i supplement then, yeah go ahead and then you get the entire back catalog of HBO programming, right. which is the huge part. So you <laughs> get right. the Sopranos, you get Oz. Sex and the City, you can finally watch Oz, and we can talk about it, and we can go crazy. So you get true. Oz, and you get Sex and the City, and you get everything that they've made in-house. You don't get Larry Sanders, because that was a Sony pro- program, and sadly, that's no longer on Netflix either. Hmm. But you get everything else. Um, I mean, literally everything that HBO has made, you get. And then you get a bunch of their old documentaries, too. A lot of their sports programming is really good. If you, My husband's a big in, into boxing, so you can watch older fights and see some of their, like, like real sports nice. stuff. Like, they have, I mean, their, their catalog of back content is really spectacular. So not only do you get the new movies they come out with, but you get and, and the original documentaries and the stuff that they acquire and spend money for in the first-run movies. But you get, you know, some of the best television of the last 20 years. That is very cool. And yeah. that is my ad. That is my unpaid advertisement. Thanks, HBO. Comcast. <laughs> it's a good time, too. It's a good time. It is better, like, watching television than ever before. It, it really is. There are a lot of choices, and I just think that's great. All right. Hey, guys. So uh, let's talk about what we Christina and I did last week for our dessert segment. Uh, Christina, you went to CinemaCon and you talked in front of a lot of people and were cool. A lot of people. Yes. About it. So I spoke at, so CinemaCon is um, a big uh, conference for the National Association of Theater Owners. So basically, it's um, international, really. So basically, people who own movie theaters come to this conference every year, and it's in Las Vegas. And it can be everybody from the big players, like the Regals and the AMCs and the Cinemarks, to, you know, somebody who has, like, a four-screen theater in Minnesota or Kentucky. Um, And they all come, you know, and basically... Um, have a there's a trade show where they you know learn about the latest in concessions and um, you know companies like Dolby are there showing off new theater you know uh, technologies for both displaying stuff and for sound and um, the studios are there showing off movies and showing off their slate of upcoming things to get the the theater owners excited about what's happening nice and they've been kicking off um, for the last five years it, it used to be called Show West and 
Now it's called CinemaCon, and for the last few years, they've basically kicked off the first day of events with some seminars and some sessions where they're trying to kind of bring people more into the future. And so I was asked to come and speak to the theater owners basically about social media and how they need to, why they need to adopt social media as part of their outreach strategy. And it can't just be an ad hoc thing. It has to be more than just having a Facebook page and how they need to embrace these tools or risk losing the next generation of moviegoers. And so uh, basically, you know, one of my one of my things I said was like, you need to get on Instagram like today because Instagram has more users than Twitter and is used by so many people who are part of the exact same age mm-hmm. group that are not going to the movies. Yet studies have shown that the users on Instagram are actually more frequent moviegoers. And yet you'd be shocked that even the big theater chains have very small presences on Instagram. Like I was looking... I can I didn't want to call them out in the presentation but I'll call them out over the air um AMC Theaters, which has a great social media team, and in disclosure, I worked for them as an associate editor uh, from 2009 to 2010. They have a great so they have a great outreach program. They have a good YouTube channel. They have a blog, a news blog. They have a really big Facebook and well well orchestrated Facebook page and a good Twitter presence. But they have like 22,000 followers on Instagram. That's compared with a quarter of a million followers on Twitter and over like several million likes on Facebook. They have 22,500 followers wow. on, on Instagram. And that, to me, I'm like, this is a huge opportunity. You yeah. need to be engaging with the next generation who is learning about information. They're getting their news. They're sharing with their friends on Instagram. And so I was talking about Instagram, Snapchat, some of the new things like Periscope and Meerkat, as well as Facebook and Twitter, and kind of trying to give them actionable advice for how to use those services rather than just talking around the idea of, oh, you need to use social media. Yeah, yeah. I actually, when I give these presentations, I try to actually be actionable when I can and, and give people the actual ability to maybe take some things away from it and yeah. go home. Give them you know, the tools. Exactly. That is super freaking cool, and it was well. They liked it. They they dug yeah. It. it was really yeah. It was really it was really well received. What was, what's funny is that apparently I didn't realize that it was controversial to mention to the CinemaCon audience that their um that you know um movie attendance is declining amongst <gasps> young users. It's true. I just figured it's that true. this. I mean, I'm like you guys know this. I'm like yeah. you guys know this. Like last year at CinemaCon, you know the, the head of the MPAA like commented on how it was declining. Like Nielsen had another report. Like I didn't realize that that was like they know this information. I didn't realize that like saying this publicly was controversial. Apparently it was. Why? Everybody responded really well. I guess because most people who present at CinemaCon just they're used to kissing the theater owners' they're asses. They're there to pat their backs and stuff. Exactly. No, thing everything is great. Everything is wonderful. Be- best year ever whereas I'm actually <laughs> saying no. You know, movie going is <laughs> we down do better. 15 movie going is down 15% in this demographic and you're not on social media. And so I mean, I was able to offset it by saying, look, these numbers are bad. You know these facts, but this is how you can retroact, mm-hmm. you know, this trend. But I didn't – it was funny how I, in my, my discussions with CinemaCon, we had talked about these things. And I just assumed that it was fine to use those things <laughs> in my presentation. Did this come up um, in the rehearsal or in the no, presentation no, itself? No, no, I didn't really have it, – it, after the presentation. Okay. I only heard this from a second hand through uh, the woman who she was fantastic who um, did the um, kind of uh, the, the, the run of events and she told me she was like oh, I was watching the CinemaCon guys and when your first few slides came out they were starting to freak out and I said hold on guys hold on I know where this is going <laughs> and she was like and they, 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 they were fine they were really enjoyed it um, 
but uh and then i heard from a friend of mine who was in the audience he told me afterwards he was like i can't believe you said that at CinemaCon, I'm like, but but they know this. He's like, yeah, but nobody says this. Nobody says the truth. <laughs> well, the thing is, you don't have to be that scared of it if you know that you can do something about it. If you have Precisely. like actual items and tools and things to do, like you don't need right. to be afraid of those facts because they're not so, in set in stone. I- exactly, and that was kind of my thing. I'm like, but but we all know this. Why, <laughs> why, why, why am I not? I, I would like did not think that, that would be political at all. And then apparently it was funny too that I was talking about peric. Periscope and Meerkat, which Chris Dodd, the head of the MPAA, it's kind of dismissed and be like, oh, it's a piracy tool. And I'm telling theater owners, I'm not saying get on it now, but hey, maybe use it for <laughs> premieres or use it for the show behind the scenes of how your concession stands run and things like that. Because yeah. frankly, I would watch the hell out of a Periscope of somebody working in a movie theater, like showing off the candy bin and like how they like make the popcorn and stuff. Or like the real, where they're putting the film in. The, exactly. Yeah. Oh my like, God. Up I, in the booth. Like, Exactly. Like, wouldn't that be amazing to, like, look at that process? I mean, I think that that would be a really cool and engaging way of bringing people into your theaters yeah. and giving them an insight into what you're doing. So, I don't All know. Right. But, no, it, it, it was fun, and I got to see a bunch of movies that, unfortunately, I can't talk about, except for <laughs> I can talk about Spy because that, that embargo is lifted. It was hilarious. Um, and uh, and I can talk more about the other ones when they are closer to coming out. But let's just say, um, but I, I saw um, Inside Out, the new Pixar film, and I also saw <gasps> um, Pitch Perfect 2. Can you, like, give a, a, a yay, that was fun, or a no, that w- I, like, can um, you, an emotional reaction to the film? Or is that um, compliments? Audience reactions were positive. Yay! Sources, <laughs> sources close to Christina Warren enjoyed uh, say, say that she enjoyed um, uh, Inside Out immensely. Sources, sources close to Christina Warren uh, 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 say that. I'll reprimand those sources for yeah. revealing your feelings. How dare they? I know. Well, that sounds like a, an awesome experience. I'm glad that you got to go and enjoy it. Yeah. And now tell – I know you had some big travel too. You were in Korea. I, I went to Korea. I – I I am I'm uh, I am very sick right now because of a combination of airplane flu and jet lag, and uh, but I went to Korea. I actually left Thursday morning. Uh, I had everything set up so that I finished all my work on Wednesday, recorded Rocket, and then I rolled out. Uh, I was there visiting a friend actually. Just it wasn't a business trip or anything. She's been teaching English over there for about a year, so I went and I got to see her and her co-teachers and stuff and. We actually we saw Whiplash while I was there because I hadn't Amazing. seen it yet. It's oh so my good. god, it's incredible! The cinematography so is so beautiful. I was just and sitting ha- there with my stomach in knots because it's the most tense movie. Yes, and ever. Schillinger, Schillinger oh, is so good. Schillinger, he deserved that Oscar so much. Yes, he did. Yes, so he did. Much. Yeah, uh, and it was showing in English. Thank God, because That's good. that would have been a, an experience. <laughs> um, was this your first time to This to, to is Korea? my second time. I went there on a study abroad for five weeks um, in college, which was – it was a really cool study abroad, actually. It was about uh, technology and society and how the two kind of combine. Um, and <laughs> I wish I could remember anything that I wrote in that final paper. But I, I really enjoy visiting Korea. It's always a delicious and really friendly experience. Like, I, I think it's – as a tourist, it's really accessible. Um and the food is so freaking good, you guys. Oh. I w- <laughs> I am just in tears remembering the pork belly that I ate. And I miss it so much. So much. It was, yeah, it was a really fun trip. And um, have you guys been? I never have. No. no. Okay. I would definitely recommend it. I mean, you'll 
if you if you get to go to a Korean film festival someday, Christina, I, I don't doubt that you will someday end up over there. I, I actually had a, an opportunity to go at the end of this month, and and it was not approved. Oh um, no! But 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 it but it would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was definitely an amazing trip. I next time I'd like to go for longer. So, yeah, that was my weekend and then I had death flu and <laughs> yesterday I literally sent an email from from my bed as I was comatose. The subject line was like, "I'm coming in today." And then the body of the email read, "After I'm done dying." And uh I never I never did end up going in. I was just so sick. I was I slept until 2 p.m. and then I like rolled out of bed disgusting. And watched anime all night. <laughs> so anyway, that's been my week. Fantastic. We awesome. Yay. <laughs> yeah, Christy, I have to ask, like, what other than, like, getting on social media with these people and I, like, participate? Because I, I see a lot of movies. I have, like, the movie pass things, $30 a month. Yeah. I go see as much as I want. And I know that's specifically made to counter the exact trend you're talking about. But it seems like when I go to see an AMC movie, like, they do have a really big Twitter presence. And I, I do see them, like, reaching out with social media more more than other chains like what do you yes i i i i didn't want to interrupt you you're talking about that but what do you I, how do you reverse that i mean the problem is and i'd love to hear from you simone like the problem mm. has got to be like when you have so much material available to you online that it's just not right like there's no reason to go to like a, a dark room halfway across town and pay like 20 bucks, right? Like that's right. the problem, right? No, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think you have to sell the value prop- proposition, right? And that's right. one of the things I was talking about. Like one of the things that a lot of theater owners don't do, and, and this even is the big chains, is that they're doing special events and special showings. They're not letting everybody know about it loud and clear on social media on their website. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Cinemark, I noticed on their on their Facebook page because I was looking through things, they were they're going to have some sort of double feature of Pitch Perfect 2 in certain locations. And they put this on their Facebook page, and it was the most shared thing and most commented thing on their Facebook page. Had a ton of shares and a ton of people asking in the comments, why isn't it coming to this location? And I was thinking you're not you're doing such a disservice by not showing off the fact that a lot of theaters run promotions like that all the time mm-hmm. you know um and and you mentioned movie pass i didn't get to mention this in my presentation but i was going to kind of say they need to stop fearing MoviePass because MoviePass did just sign a beta agreement with AMC, which is interesting because when MoviePass started three years ago, AMC or four years ago, AMC like tried to do everything they could to prevent them from working from, from, from working with AMC stuff. Um, but a lot of the theater owners have been reticent to embrace things like MoviePass, even though they're very, they're, they're kind of, you know, things that can kind of counteract the trend. Um, but I think it's about just getting the awareness out of being like, this is why this is important. You know, there is something, one of the big things, I don't know about you, Simone, but for mm. me, going to the movies becomes a real social experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it kind of becomes something you want to do with a group of friends. And I think that a lot of that is missed out on, you know, with, with just with the outreach in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, group packages are just showing things that you could do with your friends at the movies. I mean, <sighs> do you go see I, movies, Simone? Not as often. It, it, it depends. There are certain things, like, I guess, big events, like um, the Avengers movies. Those definitely, group of friends, automatically, it's going to happen. Like, that's a done deal. Um, other than that, I am really personally lazy about it, and it's partially because of the expense. Yes. But I love going to the movies. I absolutely adore it. And the home, the theater in my hometown, Port Townsend, uh, it's called the Rose Theater. They actually do a lot of really cool stuff. Like, they'll do... Um, 
midnight movies like of the of the talking heads documentary and they have a room now called the starlight room where you sit on couches and you order wine and food and you right. watch it in this like really intimate environment and they they show a lot of like i watched nebraska up there and that was like such oh, a good amazing. experience oh god it was great nebraska is oh. such a great film yeah so if there were just events like that i that i think would kind of give give you a more of an excuse to spend the money. And I realize that would be more expensive for them as well to put on. But I think that that kind of engagement in ways mm-hmm. that engaging with the community like that could really encourage me to go to the movies more often. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, yeah. I could sit on my couch or I could pay a lot of money to eat popcorn. And I right. have a popcorn maker at home. I love popcorn, totally. by the way. Me too. Oh it's the best. It's, it's food of the gods. But it's funny, though, you mentioned, like, how it would cost them more money to do some of those special events. A lot of times it doesn't. A lot really? of times they can get those, those, those you know, prints really cheap, you know, because they're not mm-hmm. first run. They don't have to pay the studios as much. So a mm-hmm. lot of times it's actually better for them, and then they can fill seats they wouldn't otherwise be able to fill, you know. But I feel like a lot of times a lot of theaters do these really cool things, and then they don't bother, like, letting you know about it. Like, even yeah. there's, there's this yeah. local theater in Brooklyn that does a lot of showings. Like, for, for Valentine's Day, Grant and I saw um, – Harold and Maud um, together. It was like twenty bucks each, um, and you got like um, like uh, strawberries and chocolate and uh, a glass of prosecco. But it was like a great like Valentine's Day thing for sure. The company the company doesn't have. I mean, they have a Twitter account. They didn't put it on their Twitter that they were what? doing it. Oh God! Oh, I found God. out about it through like some like somebody's some actually through a friend of mine through iMessage, and she found out about it through like some like things happening this weekend in Brooklyn website. And, like, that's sort of, like, this is, like, table stakes. Like, let yeah, people know what's happening. Oh, because God. so many people find out about news that, you know, through social, you know? I mean, so, like, if, if you – I could imagine, I don't know, just even if you were a small theater, if you put together some sort of beautiful image about some special showing you had on Instagram and also posted it on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, yeah. like, more people would be likely they to see that They want to be alert for the next it. thing so that they exactly. can go with their friends. And then also if you have a link that can be make it actionable and be like, now I can buy tickets directly yeah. from here, like, that's going to go a lot further because people will share that and be like, hey, you want to go see this. I have a question for you, actually, because one of the things we lament often here is that there seems to – the min- midnight showings seem to be dying, at least in Seattle. Yeah. What's up with is that? Is that because they're not profitable? Profitable? Is it because um, the theaters just don't want to do it anymore? Because that's like that's a really it seems to me to be a really easy like let's go have fun and see the movie before anyone else. But, yeah, I mean, I think it depends. You know, um, in New York, New York is a hard thing to compare it with, right? Because New York <laughs> stuff. There, I mean, we have a bunch of theaters, and a lot of them do like run things like like midnight. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I, I've noticed that that kind of trend is going away, and I don't know if it's because they can't afford. If they're not getting enough people in to, to justify the cost of staying open or if it makes more sense to be like having like your 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 big, you know, uh, blockbusters open all the time. I mean, like, you know, the Avengers is coming out and it'll be on every screen of almost every theater, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what's going to bring in the money. Yeah. Um, I think that part of the problem, and, and, and I couldn't really address this because it doesn't really, you know, social doesn't really have a lot to do with it. Yeah is that there were, we're in this really messed up phase when it comes to movies that are coming out where you basically have tent poles and then super small films that might kind of go into something else. But the idea of like a mid-sized movie is dead. Like you either yeah. have super small films, you know, your whiplashes, 
or you have your gigantic like franchise like tentpole action films mm-hmm. and there's almost nothing in the middle and that i think is is a problem and i think that people like those smaller kind of mid-sized films oh you know? i do i call it like yeah. an anti-topic like november man is a yeah. really perfect example of this this is <laughs> right. this is a this is the best bond movie that's come out in years and it's not a bond movie it is it stars right. pierce brosnan it's an older agent and a younger agent it's the it's 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 basically a story about what it's you know what it is it's um um oh uh never say never again but with um like bond <laughs> like yeah you know, done officially <laughs> a few years later it's like what happens to bond like once he's retiring like how does he feel at the end of this life like how does he feel when he's not allowed to get close to someone like what does that bond look like as he's training a next generation and it's not wow. like a huge epic action film it just has like good actors and it's um you know it's it's a smaller movie but that's that kind of mid-sized thriller that i love that you know if a hundred million dollars were involved it would just be a crappy film you know it'd be like everything (laughs) else so yeah no i definitely lament that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we should probably wrap it up we should wrap Um, it up Uh, i can say very briefly like what i'm doing this week because i'm speaking at ravencon probably um and (laughs) uh i'm doing a documentary next Next week, I'm also speaking at a national cybercrime convention to a bunch of Heck police officers yeah. about the um, Heck yeah. failure, frankly, their failure to um, respond to, Give it to them. the 83 threats of my life. We'll keep it professional. Hey, hey. But, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that'll be fun and yeah. delightful. Christina, what are you up to? Um, so, yeah, I mean, just basically uh, recovering over the weekend and uh, getting, uh, I guess, into going into more tech stuff next week. But I'm basically just like chilling. Oh, and I'm going to be, I'm basically chilling, and I'm not going to lie, I'm completely watching the 2020 interview with Bruce Jenner tonight. Uh-huh. I'm totally going to be watching that, and and um, and I, I'm cautiously optimistic that that'll be, like, handled well. I hope so. It's been, yeah. it's been really terrible seeing that thrown up for it's entertainment, and people speculating. Freaking just, ridiculous. Yeah, it is really, ridiculous, and I, and I really hate people have speculated. Um, my hope is that maybe it will mean granted it's this terrible family but mm-hmm. they are this really public family and this like really like well-known family that maybe having this issue out in the open with these people will like open up a conversation yeah. that as like a society we can have and maybe it'll make it easier for other people at least that's my hope I but hope i won't so. i won't lie I'm, I'm not above totally being like all about like you know my 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 my, uh, my love for uh my love slash hate for the kardashians <laughs> um, requires that i watch this tonight. no 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 all right all right oh i have so cool. much to say about that but i'll save cool. it simone um, i yeah, think you've got to take us out with a quote from um the i watch erotica this week i think that's how you have right. to end the show i think that's all right i'll do it i'll do it um should we first talk about where we can find ourselves online <laughs> i am on the uh twitter stream known as space cat gal all right christina I am film underscore girl on Twitter. All right. And I am at Doom Quasar on the Twitters as well and at Pixelkin.org. <clears throat> Call me I watch red words <laughs> rendered in graphically impressive 3D lettering. This has been Rocket. <laughs>